Aloha and welcome to the Big Island Hawaii Ultra podcast. Uh, this is show number 15. We interview Justin Young. Justin is a very fast runner, and uh, I, I had the impression he had ran, he'd been running longer, but he's a relatively new runner, and he's done things like the Hurt Race, uh, Hurt 100 twice now, and the Vermont 100, and we talk about that. He also lives on the side of the island where we had some heavy volcanic activity a couple of years ago, and so we do talk about that. So again, I uh, hope everybody's staying safe, and please enjoy. Aloha, and welcome to the Big Island Ultra Podcast, Big Island Hawaii Ultra Podcast. We have Justin Young here. Justin, how are you? Good. How are you? I am awake and above ground. All right. Good to be here. I'm excited to talk to you. Oh, so what's uh, where are you guys at exactly? We, uh, we're, we're in Leilani Estates over here in Pahoa. You know, just about maybe a half mile at most from Fisher 8. We're on the back side of it. So, okay. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, you're the guy who's run every road of Leilani Estates. Yeah. Yeah, you'll see a lot of rectangles on my Strava, and that's just Leilani going back and forth. There's a lot of miles to be had in the neighborhood, and there's not a lot of dogs, no cars. It's great. Yeah, and the roads are, I, I mean, one thing I always notice about Leilani Estates is uh, the roads are very, very nice. Yeah, great roads. We yeah. have a we got great roads in here, and just a third, about a third of the neighborhood is gone now. You know, just big lava field. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We we'll talk about that too because you know that wasn't that long ago. That was two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, you know, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. You know, I know everybody's busy. Everybody's trying to cram in home, homeschooling, and everything else that uh, you know you guys got going on. It's sometimes I'm free. <laughs> Where were you born and raised? You Hawaii boy? No, I was born and raised in uh, Rhode Island. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I grew up there um, playing team sports, playing music, and went to college outside of Boston at Bentley College. I wanted to get into business because I wanted to travel the world. And my uncle, who was a stockbroker, took me on a couple trips. As a matter of fact, he took me on a trip when I was in ninth grade to Maui. And then two years later, he took me to uh, Big Island to over Kona side. We stayed at the Ritz Carlton. I don't think it's the Ritz Carlton anymore. Yeah, yeah, back in the day, yeah. Yeah, and um, I fell in love with Hawaii. I, I couldn't believe how awesome it was, the weather, everything about it. And I had it in my mind that, you know, business was the way to get money to travel. That's, that's how you did it. So I went to business school and then started working in a nine to five in corporate finance and that just wasn't really a cup of tea. Well, you found a way to travel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we, uh, after I got married, my wife and I joined the Peace Corps and we were out in Vanuatu for three and a half years or so. And then we did some traveling around the world. When we came back to the States, we want, I decided to, I was teaching in the Peace Corps. So I decided that I'd be a teacher. My, both my parents were teachers. So I was real familiar with the family. And, uh, Went back to grad school, got some degrees, and then we were like, where do you want to move? Well, we like living in the tropics. And I said, well, I've been to Hawaii, and it's pretty awesome. So she, my wife got to come on a trip here um, 
when we were in grad school then she was like yeah okay we're going let's do it <laughs> so then we moved here in 2012 lived on oahu for two years and then we came over here uh when right after my kids were born i have twin daughters who are now they're gonna turn six next weekend oh yikes how how, how have they gotten that old wait a minute <laughs> yeah it's wild so, so Vanuatu, it, it's kind of funny. I wrote a book back in the 90s, and it was about global warming and a bunch of crazy stuff. And actually, Vanuatu was, I kind of featured it. I was fascinated by the islands and the people and stuff. And the, the, one of the characters actually I had coming from Vanuatu. So what was, what was your time there? What was that like? Uh, it, it was unbelievable first. And foremost, uh, just being, we, so we had like a couple months of training where we learned the language and you learn their national language, which is a, it's a kind of pidgin English with some French in it. And, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like the pidgin here. And if I talk it really fast, it's hard to understand, but it's not too hard to learn, you know, two months, you can kind of get by. And then we, my wife and I, we got sent off to an island that didn't have any volunteers and there was no electricity, no running water, no, you know, cars, no vehicles of any sort. And we had, you took a boat up to like a cliff, kind of like the east side of this island, where the boat would just kind of like get to the cliff and you kind of jump out onto the cliff. And then now you're on the island. And you could walk around the island in about two hours. There's maybe six, seven, eight or something villages. Mm. We lived in one of the villages by the school. And we lived there for two years teaching. I was okay. a teacher. She was like a teacher trainer, so she was like, she'd run workshops and she'd travel to other islands and do what? kind of like elementary school teacher workshops. Do you surf at all? Was there uh, surf, surfable uh, shores there? I do surf, but on our island, no, there, it wasn't surfable. There were a couple breaks on the other island, but it was just, it wasn't feasible to get over there. It's just, it's really expensive, really hard um, to move between islands on an easy basis. There was some surf in the capital, and I surfed a couple times there, but that's about it. Uh, so what other countries, as part of the Peace Corps, where else did you go? Or is it just uh, Vanuatu and the mainland? Yeah, just there. We were there for, on that island for two years. It's called Mota Island. And then we liked it so much, we extended for a year, but we moved to the capital, Port Vila. And we, I was a teacher again there. And uh, my wife was, again, a teacher trainer for one year so then we spent that was 2009 and then like the first four months coming we were coming back to the states but we went around the world and stopped in a whole bunch of places <laughs> whole bunch of places yeah like paris uh <laughs> no we went we went from i'll give you the list it's it's fun list we went from benoato we went to fiji for a little while then we went to new zealand for a month uh, australia for a little indonesia for a couple of weeks we were in Nepal for a month. We trekked to Everest Base <coughs> Camp. Well, oh, you know, it's, that's, uh, I was there in um, 72, 73. <laughs> oh, yeah? I the, yeah, I did the same thing. I did the hike from uh, Kathmandu to, uh, oh, what's it, uh, the lake. I can't remember the lake name anymore. And then up to, and then up to base camp. And, yeah, great, I mean, fascinating country, great people, super great people. Oh, it was unbelievable. We, I mean, we hiked for three weeks, you know, just up in the Himalayas and, you know, just days, days of hiking, you know, up and down. It was like the up and down was just unbelievable. Like, 
and then in your you get so high up and then you just look up and there's the mountains still like super high it's crazy yeah. it's, it's an amazing experience and did you run into any leeches no oh you lucked out <laughs> no, no. no it's known for leeches a lot of well it depends on what time i was there in like uh what was it uh january february march which is kind of the little bit of the wet season yeah we were there in march it was, it was still cold. It was still really cold. We went down to the jungle part, too, for a little while. So anyway, we were there for a month, and then we went to, uh, what the heck did we go? Egypt, and then to Amsterdam for a little while, and then back to the States. And uh, so the, were you based out of Rhode Island then, or where were you based yeah. out? Yeah, we were going back to Rhode Island for a little, and we got, um, we had gotten into grad school through the Peace Corps Fellows Program. So once you finish Peace Corps, they have a program with a lot of schools with and get discounts on tuition or some of them are free rides for grad school. And so we went to university of Arizona in Tucson. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've been, I've been there uh, too. You know, uh, so when you were in uh, high school, what kind of sports did you play? Soccer, baseball, basketball, golf, those three, those are my three high school sports. Were you a guard on your basketball team? Yeah. Point guard. I, I have nothing but guards now because <laughs> I, I talked to, to Ronnie Henderson, and Ronnie doesn't want to get interviewed. She's uncomfortable. But uh, she really related to Laura Ankrum because Laura, who's what, all of five foot three, maybe? She was, she was, basketball was her thing. She was a guard on the basketball team. And Ronnie was a guard on her basketball team growing up, too. Oh, yeah. I, I would hate to have to guard those guys. They're very, very fast. <laughs> so when you're in college, did you, uh, since you went to Arizona and stuff, did the golf come in handy? No, I did my undergrad outside of Boston. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Bentley College. Um, and I was never really great at golf. I'm still not. So that was just one thing. Just played some intramurals, soccer and basketball, but no college sports. Well, can you remember the like the first uh, organized 5K or 10K that you did? Yeah, it was uh, in two. It was a 10 miler. It was. It's called the Blessing of the Fleet. It's in Narragansett, Rhode Island. It's a. It's a pretty popular summer race. It's like the end of the July. You know, there's like a few thousand people that run it, and it, it gets a lot of the. Uh, since there's a lot of colleges in the Northeast, it gets a lot of those uh, college runners to, for a 10 miler. And I mean, they're, they're kicking everyone's butt. So, but I had been running and I was kind of extending my miles for the first time ever. You know, I, I get to six miles and I was like, wow, I can't believe I can run six miles and then eight miles. And this was in 2010 when we got back from the Peace Corps. So I finally got up to 10 miles and I ran that race at 10 miles. And for my first time, I, it was a pretty good pace. I was like, wow, I, I'm not too bad at this. But when I was finished, I was so tired and my legs felt like they were just felt like jelly. I couldn't believe it. And I was sitting there on the grass and there are these collegiate runners and they're doing like their cool down run. And I, I could not believe that they could move to do like a little cool down after this 10 mile race. I thought it was forever. Did you, did you say the common phrase that I've been lucky enough to be at people's first finish of a marathon where they say, I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I didn't have that. Like, Oh, I never want to do this again. I, I really enjoyed it. You know? Um, I just couldn't believe that I thought it was so far. I just, that, that was 10 miles was a really long way in my mind at that point. 
But then after that, I thought, well, I had always had in the back of my mind this idea to run a marathon. And I thought that was the, that was it. You know, if you ran a marathon, you know, that's it. So when we moved out to Arizona, I signed up for the Tucson marathon. So this is now, I ran that 10 miler in July and I signed up for the Tucson marathon in December, 2010. And I was training pretty good. I got up to like 14, 16 ish miles. And then it was like November and Thanksgiving and my training kind of fell off a little. And I had no idea kind of how to train for a marathon. I thought you would just build up to the 26. So like the week of I ran on Monday, I, I did like a 16 miler. And then on Wednesday I did an 18 miler and I'm like, okay, this will be good. This is good for the marathon. <laughs> You know, which is totally, I mean, just not even close to what should have done. That's not a taper. <laughs> no, it, it was the complete opposite of kind of what you hear about now of what to do. Uh, you know, and it started out way too quick because it's downhill. So I'm cruising. I'm like going way too fast. And then I, you know, I dragged my ass in after mile 20. But I finished and I, I, I couldn't believe I finished a marathon. It was, it was really great. It was such a cool feeling. But then it took me like another couple of years because then we finished grad school and moved to Hawaii and like running wasn't number one on my priority list. And uh, I think I ran the next marathon in 2013, the Honolulu. Yeah. I think that was, yeah. So. That's a little bit different, especially Honolulu. Well, no, Tucson and Honolulu, a little bit drier in Tucson, but still yeah. warm race. Mm -hmm. And then when, when's the first time you went past that unachievable 26.2 mile mark where, you know, no human could go? Yeah. That, uh, yeah. So for then a couple of years, I thought just running marathons, I'd run a couple of marathons each year and that was it. You know, so I ran Hilo every year. I've run that like, you know, five or six times. Um, but then I saw, I did the uh, Hilo to Volcano relay. Yeah. Yeah. 50k I did it as a relay a few years ago and then I, I saw the people doing it on their own and I thought wait a minute these guys are doing it on their own that next year that's I'm I'm doing it on my own so that was my first ultra uh maybe like three years ago 2017 yeah you passed me <laughs> yeah I remember we had the same socks yeah yeah hey, that's right geez yeah I ended up getting a big hole in them but because I wore them all the time and that's not an easy race. I mean, it's a road uh, ultra and stuff. It's all road. But the altitude gain, especially that last section before you get into town there, it's like, oh. Yeah. It's mile 20 to 26 is the hardest. You know, just, and you're exposed too. So if it's sunny out, it's, it just feels so much hotter than it is. I can't remember. Three years ago, wasn't that the drenching rain year? Or was that two years ago? I can't remember. Yeah, it's all a blur to me. I know one year it was total downpour. You know, <laughs> one year it was brutal sun. Yeah. So after that first time I did that one, I, got, I was getting, uh, I started like thinking about ultras and that kind of got on my radar a little. And I started listening to some podcasts on ultra running. And uh, I remember... I, I, I kind of hurt myself. I had an IT band thing going on for the first time oh. that really didn't, like stopped me in my tracks for a couple of weeks. But then uh, um, some people gave me some stretches to do. Joe Barsha, he said, do these stretches, you'll be fine. So I did them and I was able to run the Hilo Marathon and that 
day, he said, I heard there's a hundred miler on the big island in a couple of months. And I, he says, I don't know much about it. I just heard it. So I went into the big island running company because we were over in Kona for the weekend or something. And I said, Hey, what's this hundred miler? They say, Oh, it's Epic man. It's Jason Lester's. Oh, okay. So I, I said, Oh, well, how do I, what do I do? And then they show me the stuff. And then I, I signed up and I, you were supposed to have like a 50 mile race under your belt. But I said, Hey, I'm from big Island. There's no 50 mile races. I I've done the 50 K. I said, I, I'm, I will be able to finish this race. I, there's no doubt I'll crawl across the finish line. So he let me in to that race. So I went from the 50 K to the hundred miler, but in all the podcasts I heard, was listening to, they said, you know, if you're going to get into ultra, you know, do it step by step. Like, yada, yada. I'm like, well, I'm signed up for a hundred. So let's go for it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be marathon 50 K 50 miler, hundred K and then a hundred miler. Right. That's supposed to be a progression there, but I just, whatever. It worked out. I'd, forgot, I'd forgotten about Jason's races. I think they were the, called the Epic Five, where he did a race on each island. Yeah, the, he did the uh, Ironman on each island, the Epic Five. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And he, the Epic Man was, he did, I think there was only seven or ten of us in the 100-miler. Um, and then he had a 200-miler division, which no one did. But then he had a 300-miler, which a gentleman from, I, I want to say Hong Kong, did it and completed it in um like 110 ish hours 113 ish some something like that was was gabrielle uh markova was she part uh, of that because I, I remember she did 100 but i think it was something there i think she did a separate one yeah, i'm not sure well uh i don't know if you got the email or or, or uh if alex had uh, uh sent you a direct message but starting today i believe um, on ultra sign up, she's got a hundred miler and a 200 miler posted. Oh, she, oh yeah. Yeah. I may, maybe I'm well, I won't probably the, this, uh, this show probably won't go in, until like Thursday or Friday. So, but yeah, she sent me a message and she's got, you have a choice of a hundred miler or 200 miler. And I think she's doing it in, uh, January because, oh. You know, which kind of, I don't know if she planned it based on um, maybe, well, some of our, I know some of our listeners are big fans of the Hurt 100, but just yesterday, Hurt basically canceled the rest of their races for this year and the Hurt 100 in January. Were you, were you going to put in for that one again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my, that's the race that I want to do every year if it's available. I'll try to get in. Um and if not, then just go over and help out. But that, that race is something else. I love it. You've, you've finished it a couple of times, haven't you? Yeah, twice. Yeah. yeah, the last two years I've done it. I, and I, but I've gotten in. I've gone to the lottery party. So my name hasn't been called. And then I've go, they, they do a thing called the Hurt Olympics, where you, gotta, you go in the backyard of Jeff's house. And uh, it, every year it's different. One year we were dressed as cowboys, and we had to run up the hill – now that it was like clowns or something, you're going to do these dumb things. And then they don't tell you what the, you know, how you're going to win. So the first year I did it, they, they timed you, but they threw out the times at the end. They say, oh, times don't really matter. And then they just randomly pick people. And I was the last one picked. 
and then, and then the so then the second year, I kind of tried to go a little faster, but then I, I well, I was thinking like, oh, they're not going to use times, but then they used the top two times, and I wasn't one of the top two because it was just silly stuff, you know, and uh, and then but then they had a trivia question and they held up they held up something they say, all right, we'll do a trivia question, but we can get it right, gets in. And they said, what's this? And they held up something and, it, and then he put it down and everyone raised their hand and some guy goes, oh, it's a lime. I thought, oh, I'm, that's not a lime. And they said, no. And then I, I was kind of cuckooing that. And then they said, yep, all right, you're in. Oh, my God. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that's how you got in. Yeah, both times, Hurt Olympics. So I'm a two-time Hurt Olympian. <laughs> I, I hope we haven't revealed any secrets, you know. <laughs> This is, this is like the Barclays, you know, with Gary Cantrell. You know, you don't want to say anything about that you know about those ra- that race and stuff. Otherwise, you'll never get in. <laughs> right. Yeah, but it's been known that they, have, they hold a couple spots for the people at the party. So, yeah. so the big party, it's, it's really fun watching the whole thing. It's really nerve-wracking, though, flying over Big Island and then not getting called two times and being like, did I come over here for nothing? Like, we're trying. <laughs> but it worked out great, and... I, I love that whole group of people over there, the Hurt Ohana. It's it's really special. It's, it's great. Yeah, I was I was uh, you know I helped out the this I keep saying last year, but it was actually still this year. Yeah, uh, January uh, I helped out at that finish line aid station. In fact, Shannon Flynn, who I interviewed uh, a couple of times ago, uh, that's where I kind of met her. And I've known most of the people over the years, you know, that have done it and stuff. And like I know Luis Escobar, who's the first person to win it, uh, yeah. In the first year they had it, and Gary Robbins and those guys, and of course uh, our friend Sylvia, who did it five times. Five times, amazing! Like just nuts, yeah. man, just nuts. And how was the course two years when you first ran it? Was it wet or dry? It was. It was. It was wet. It rained. So th- when it got dark. We had a bunch of rain, especially in Manoa. So the, it, that was kind of tough. It was slippery and it got pretty muddy. Um, but I, I've seen it muddier. I've been on the course other times that has, it's been like really bad. And then this year, except there's one exception, most of the course was pretty dry, even though there was, we had like the week before, it was just brutal, but it dried out really nice. But the section from Manoa Falls to, um, right before the aid station there, but at, you know, the whole, almost the whole trail to Manoa Falls, they were redoing. So it was, it was all mud. So it's like 20 yards wide and it stretches of like, you know, hundreds of yards where it's like this deep mud, you know, six inches of mud. I lost my shoe in one of the times. <laughs> you can't see anything underneath. So you might step on a rock or like a, there was random wood there that you would like just go flying and land in the mud. It was, it was silly how muddy it was. It, we, all you had to do was just laugh and just get through it. But the rest of the course was great. It was just that one section. Two, two years ago, was that the missile alert year? No, that was three years ago. Three years ago. Well, three years ago, yeah. Like two yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah. That, was, yeah. that was a little nuts that year. That was a little nuts because uh, Bree and Pat got in it that year. And I was, that was the first year I put in, too. I didn't go to the party that year. So I was kind of jealous, but you know, there I am rooting for him at home and I'm watching it on, and my wife was in New Mexico um, at a teacher conference. And so I'm just watching it on the computer, taking, making the kids breakfast and all, and all of a sudden this missile alert thing happens. And I, I'm like, really? Like, it's like, if the missile's coming, it's going to Honolulu. 
and these guys are running hurt and like somehow I didn't get in, but now like they're going to get bombed by and miss. I, it was, like all this stuff was going on in my head. And then my wife's calling. She's like, yeah, you guys okay? It was, you know, all the teachers from Hawaii and the conference in New Mexico were going crazy. What a wild day. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I was headed to um, Maui Oceanfront Marathon was that day. Or uh, that was tra- sat on a Saturday. So I was traveling to Maui that day. That was interesting too. Yeah, <laughs> the airport was challenging. Oh uh, yeah, I could imagine. Jeez. <laughs> well, thank goodness. Well, thank goodness we don't have missile alerts now. But you know, there's there's a lot of stuff going on politically and actively, and you know, it's just a shame that we're we're so lucky. You know, uh, being yeah. in Hawaii. That I mean, that, I'll give you an example. Today, uh, I was out where I usually run. And um, there was a, just a couple of people out there, but there was one girl, and she must have been 14 years old. She was running by herself and, you know, not, didn't have to worry about anything. We're all going to keep an eye on her. We're all going to make sure everything's okay with her. And that's, fortunately, that's, that's where we live. That's the country that we live in. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Living here on Big Island, it's, I feel a little bit disconnected from all the stuff that's going on over there, which is nice at times. But so, were, were your were your kids homeschooled already? I don't remember if they were, you know, being homeschooled or. Uh, they were going to school. I'm a teacher at Haas over here, Hawaii Academy of Arts and Science. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, so they started kindergarten this year there. Oh man. Well, do they know how to ride bikes? Uh, not without training wheels yet. Oh, take those, take those training wheels off. Uncle Joe here is going to end up with them. It's time. I've been, I've been really pushing it lately. We just haven't got to the park to ride the bike in a little while. Yeah, we just had, uh, I, uh, we had to stop our uh, path, our bike education program because schools, you know, were out and everything. And we're still trying to figure out if we can start doing them this next upcoming school year, yeah. either, either September or January. It's kind of, I mean, I can't imagine what you guys are going to have to go through to start schools up. I mean, it's, uh, there's going to be so many protocols. Have you, has the school reached out to you and said anything yet? If you're going to open, do you know? No, no one knows. No one knows anything. I think the department of education is just kind of trying to figure what the heck's going to go on. And I don't think they're going to make any decisions till July ish. So I would, I think everyone's just kind of seeing what happens over the next month or so and then try to figure it out from there. So in between your hurt, your hurt adventures, which uh, yeah. my theory is, uh, which I think it's Gary Robbins' theory is too, that the hurt course has actually gotten harder over the years because of the erosion, and that his his course record will probably stand for a while because back when he did it, the erosion wasn't so bad. Yeah. What's what's the highlight of? Uh, 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 your herd experience, was there a particular trip and fall, a, a hallucination? No, I, I didn't hallucinate at hurt. So it wasn't that. It's, I think the, most, the thing I like most about hurt is when you come into the aid station and the place goes nuts for you. They, they start cheering and you, you feel like such a champ, you know, and then and they help you out so much. Everyone's like super nice and trying to help you. And then when you leave, they cheer again like you're a champ. So you get these two cheering sections coming in and out. It's, it's this feeling that's it's awesome. 
Yeah, yeah the you, Pirate, Pirate's Aid Station has got a very good reputation. Yeah, I mean, just all of them too. Like every, coming in and hearing everyone encouraging you to go, and the volunteers, the, all the hours they put in, all that work. I mean, for what you know, for just for a bunch of knuckleheads to go to see if they can run a hundred miles in a in this twenty-mile loop lap, like makes no sense. But like people are so passionate about it and so into it that it. It propels you if you're running like I can't quit this I gotta get going let's go yeah so but in between the hurt runs you you traveled to Vermont was that last year yeah last summer yep it was when um we went back to Rhode Island visit family and I was looking around at races and I saw Vermont so I scheduled our trip back there so I could run Vermont and and that's one of the uh, of the five I think that are kind of the elite hundreds and stuff to do. And isn't that one? Isn't Vermont the one that's uh, another one that started? It's a horse race too. Yeah, and it still is. Or last year might have been the last year where they're doing the dual race. So when we were racing, the horses running by. <laughs> Was there any uh, th- any uh, presence that they left along the trails that you guys had to avoid? Oh yeah. Yeah, and, and a lot of it's on gravel road too. So I mean, you have to get out of the way because there's like six horses like cruising down the road. <laughs> We're coming. And it <laughs> wasn't a. To- well, it was a little toasty uh, this last year, wasn't it? It was so hot. It was the the temperature got to like 96 or 97, and the heat index was over 100. So I think it was by far the hottest day of the summer. And as a, there's lots on gravel road, so it's kind of a lot of it exposed to the sun, and it. Usual, well, actually, I don't know the historical finisher rate there, but this year was 48%. Oh. Yeah, which is really low. It's, it's not, I mean, it's a hard race. It's 100 miles and it's like 17,000 feet, but it's not, it's not like a hurt race where it's, it's that hard climbing, you know, the, it's kind of more gradual stuff. Um, but, it, yeah, people are just dropping like flies. There's such carnage out on the course. And it was, it wasn't, so, the day was super hot, but then at nighttime too, at like two in the morning, I, I'd start running and I just drenched in sweat, like two in the morning. And that's when I really hallucinated that race. That was some crazy stuff, but. Wait, that wasn't your brother supporting you or something there? I can't remember yeah. who it was. No, no one supporting me. I went up there by myself. Oh, so they, they had drop bags and stuff where you could drop stuff and they had yeah. Yeah, so I, I kind of had the idea to bring my family up there, but then as the time got closer and closer, I realized they were just going to be sitting around this field doing nothing, which wouldn't have been that fun. So I decided I drive up there by myself. I get drop bags, and I, I gave two drop bags. Um, kind of this, they're going to the same aid station, but it, you went through it once at mile 50. You went out and did a loop, and then you came back at mile 70, and then you finished it. So I get there at mile 50, my stuff's there. I change my socks because it was a stream crossing. And then I, I go out and I do this 20 mile loop. And then I'm thinking, ah, oh, you know what? I don't, I was going to change my socks again. And I, I thought, I don't need to do that. It's fine. Like, I don't need that. I'm like, but I need that drop bag because it's got, it's got my good headlamp. And, and then before I get to the aid station, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to take five minutes, change my socks, lube up my toes a little, and then finish it. And I had it all in my head. When I got to that aid station at mile 70, they didn't have my drop bag. Oh, no. It just wasn't there. So I, oh. luckily I had my backup headlamp still on me from the morning because I never dropped it off anywhere. But it was running pretty low on batteries. And, but I knew I could kind of get by. 
and I just, so I just had to accept that like this was the situation now, which was completely different for the last like three hours that I had in my head, like trying to get myself for these final 30 miles that everything just changed. And I got, you get so mad and so worked up, but then you, you like, why am I getting so mad about this? I just got to keep going. So I was just like, I kind of walked out of the aid station a little mad. See you later. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, that, I was able to finish it. Oh yeah, and then, like you said, that's what a thirty-eight, forty-eight percent finisher rate. That's... It was forty-eight percent. Um, the the difference in time, like in, if you look at the places too, it was like a five-hour difference of where <laughs> I finished this year compared to uh, the same finisher last year. So, so it's, it's it's good to have a tough year. Then the next time it'll be easier. Ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah, what a nice race though, man. Going through, it's like. Central Vermont, those rolling hills and a lot of farmland. It's 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 a cool race. Yeah, I mean, it, I I think I was I was kind of watching you, you know, posting stuff, you know, because they had a online tracker and and yeah. everything. And it was like, it's funny when I when I do that, I don't think about uh, my friends what place they're in. I just think about I hope they finish. Yeah. You know, but it, it is tough when you run into those mental mental uh, battles that I, I totally understand where you're coming from, where you're thinking for an hour or two hours, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And then you get there and whatever it is doesn't happen. And it's like, well, what am I going to do? You know? Yeah, something completely out of your control and something that you just thought was should have been pretty easy. But man, I don't because I labeled the drop bag correctly and everything. Oh, you're then, patting yourself on the back too. I did such a good job doing this. Yeah. Then, so the next morning they brought all the drop bags back and I went through all the different piles of, and then sure enough in another, at another aid station, there was my drop bag, but I wouldn't have never known that. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, what do you, what did you use for nutrition? Uh, you know, as far as this, did you do a sport drink or just water or? Uh, I just used whatever they had. So they had there, they had, um, I mean, I, I, water, obviously. I can't remember what they had base. Uh, yeah. It, I didn't like it at all. It tasted terrible, but that was the sports drink that I would have. So I, I kind of, I was doing like a bottle of water and a bottle of that every aid station. And then I, in my drop bags, I'd have some of the spring energy gels. I like those on the big ultra ones. Those are great. And then I was just picking from the table. I kind of, so I'll just take like some spring energies and then I'll just pick from tables and whatever sports drink that the race has. Like uh, Hurt has um, Scratch. I think the past couple of years that that Scratch was pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Scratch just came out with some new product, but they're, I posted something about it where their labeling was like, it sounded like something from a toxic waste site. I I don't know. I don't know who if doctor what's his name was the person who picked that name, but it was like I just went really, you know, you you've named your new ingredient pandemic 3 or something like that. <laughs> but for training I'll use uh, Tailwind, your favorite. I use that as my sports drink for training, which I I really like that one. It's nice and light, tastes pretty good and it's pretty pretty great. Yeah, I haven't had, uh, you know, I, I used to, uh, like we all have, we've had issues with cramps and stuff like that, but 
using Tailwind pretty much solves, you know, everything as far as, you know, as far as me. And like you said, it doesn't taste like ew, Gatorade, yuck, you know, or Powerade or any of those other drinks that we run into. But sometimes that's what you got to use. Yeah. Yeah. It's whatever the race has at that point. And spring energy is great. That stuff is that speed nut stuff is just awesome. Yeah. It's really good. I, I like those for the ultras and all like trail running things. Um, if I'm doing like a marathon or something, I, I have a tough time eating those. They're a little too real foody, like uh, to run a marathon pace at. So I'll just find something else for those. Do, ones. Do, do you have the Billy Barnett rule? When I interviewed him, Billy has the rule of if, if he's going out to train or do a race and it's under four hours, he doesn't take any water. If it's over four hours, he takes water. <laughs> I may, I might have that rule, but I don't think it's four hours. <laughs> it's like, dude, and you guys run fast. I mean, you guys are, are fast runners. When you're do, when you talk, when I talk four hours, that's, I don't know, 18 miles or something like that. For you guys, four hours is like 30 miles. <laughs> now, I usually take water with me, but even on easy training runs, I'll just probably take it just for fun. And then at the aid stations, you got no problem with the quesadillas, uh, PB&Js, whatever they got, yeah? Yeah, whatever they got. Yeah, I go by, I kind of go by the vegan lifestyle, so I, you know, I'm a little picky and choosy on that, but usually everything, all the aid stations usually have something that you can, you know, shove in your mouth. Do you uh, do anything as particular for recovery, or is it like most of us where, okay, I finished my run now, I have to go work? <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing particular. I'll take some time off if I'm doing a hundred. If I did a hundred, I'll take, you know, a week or two off. Like after hurt, I take two weeks off where I don't do any running. And maybe that second week I'll do some walking. That's about it. And then I'll take a week or two to kind of get back up to what I was, or not what the peak was, but get back to like a normal training. So what, what, so now that you've, you've been educated by experience, what do you, uh, if you're gearing up for a hundred, uh, what would your miles look like? Uh, I, I'll try to get up around the hundred mile a week for a, a few weeks. Um, no, normal weeks, I, I do like 70 to 80. And then once I start ramping up, then I'll try to get more in like the hundred range, you know, 110. You know, I've hit 120 maybe a couple times, but man, that's, it's a lot of miles and you can really yeah. feel it. Yeah, that takes that takes time. What do you what shoes do you run in? Uh, mostly ultra. I mean, the majority of it, but I'll I'll just try other ones just for fun too. Oh, Dad, do you know what my? Do you remember? Well, you should know what model you got as far as ultras. What do you usually run in? I I, I I've tried them all. I I like. I actually don't have a pair of. Oh, you know I do. The Escalantes I, I like as a faster shoe, and then I. I've been digging the uh, Torn plushes lately. I have, I ended up with two pairs of those, so I've been using those. Um, but I've had the all, all, most of the road models that they've made. Um, and then uh, for trail, I like the Lone Peaks and the Temps too. I like those ones. Yeah, the Temp 2.0 is really, really a great shoe. It's it's even runnable on road. I mean, yeah, it's a good shoe. I just got somebody sent me these which are the provision fours, oh. which I just got them. I think I'll probably use them this weekend. They're pretty well padded. Yeah. 
I'm a big fan of ultra. I, I like the I like the idea of the zero drop, and then I like it. It's a pretty good quality shoe. You know, real comfortable. And I, the wide toe box is really kind of that's my favorite part of it. I was going to get a pair of the Timps for my summer ultra. I was signed up to do the Devil's Gulch 120. It's a new one. It's in it's on the eastern side of the Cascades in Wenatchee, Washington. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. So I was scheduled to do that in July, but I was I was looking at those Timps. I was going to get a pair to do that one, but now I'm, the race. I'm I would guess the race is canceled. Or yeah, race is canceled. Uh, bummer. But it was 120, huh? Yeah, which was strange. I think because they had a, it was like this three loop that was like 36 miles each loop. So they, they were gonna do it three times. And then they had another little loop just to round off to 120 kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and they're just marketing it as I guess, you know, it's, it's longer than 100. But they also had like a 50 mile division, I think, uh, I think they had a bunch of divisions and it was all centered around this one ski resort in Wenatchee. And I, again, I, being a teacher, I, with summers off, I schedule, I tried to look for races that would fit our schedule. And we were going to go back to the mainland, back to this time, take the kids to Disney, go to our island, see family. And then we were going to stop in Wenatchee on the way back because we had some friends that lived with us on Oahu back, you know, five, six years ago. We were going to hang out with them, and I was going to run this race. That's how I sold it to the family. Like, These guys. Oh, by the way, there happens to be a 120-mile race that I'll sign up for. Ah, what a coincidence. Um, so that, that's kind of been my plan to go back to the mainland in the summers, visit family, and then try to find a different race maybe every year to try, check out. It's funny how when you end up living the lifestyle, it is, I mean, I can remember back when I was in my 30s and I was traveling on the mainland, I would go to places if I could find a race. Yeah. Now it's kind of like, well, I can do that. Even if I'm not having a good time visiting the place, I can do the race. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fun to have that as like the, the motivator to, go out and see different places and experience different things, you know. Have you, would you do, uh, would you do uh, like the Badwater? Would you do a race like that if you could? Yeah. <laughs> You're nuts. Yeah, I'd do it all. I, 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 it's just, it's, I want to check it out, see what it's like. Badwater is, um, it's pretty expensive to get done. And um, I think, I think it's like 1500 bucks or something. Oh, is it? That, that's the answer and stuff? I think, yeah. It's, and you got to have at least three hundreds under your belt, which I, I do now, but it's it's hard to get accepted into it from what yeah. I kind of yeah. heard over there. Um, I'd, I'd also like to check out a 200 miler. Oh, one of Candace's races. That would be great. Yeah. yeah, I ran with her at Hurt for a while. We, we ch- chatted a lot about it. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of like on the horizon as well. Then there's the... There's the race across Tennessee in July, which is kind of attractive. It's it's a 500k. It's called the it's called the last annual All Vol 500k. But every year it's called the last annual. It's one of um, uh, Gary Cantrell's, yeah. It's one of his races. Um, so so you start like in the northeast, north sorry, northwest corner, I think, 
of Tennessee, and then you go across the state to the southeast corner, 500K, and it's cool. it's kind of neat. They have two divisions. They have the crude division, so you have a crew with you, but then they have the screwed division. Screwed division, yeah. Oh, that's, yep. called, that's called the, um, oh, what's the name for it? All they, the last annual All Vol. Uh, Vol State. Yeah, that one. Vol State. State All Vol. Okay, yeah, yeah, la yeah. It's, it's Vol State because uh, Jamila, so she's the lady I, I met at, uh, um, at uh, where was that, Rocky Raccoon? Yeah. Super nice lady. She lives in Atlanta and stuff. She's done, and uh, it was funny that Sylvia – and Mark Rogavia knew only knew her as the Ball State Lady because she's she's done that race and stuff. Yeah, that one that one's looks kind. Of, you have like I think you have ten days to do it. Yeah, and if you want, you can sleep in a hotel. You can do, I mean do whatever you want every night, or you can just kind of try to push through, sleep on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah, that that's, that sounds pretty neat. Well, I'm I'm doing the thousand kilometer race now. <laughs> the virtual one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'm up to 200, over 200 miles. So I got another 400 and some miles to go. When do you have to? Uh, end of August. So plenty of time, really. I mean, I, I actually, I won my, I won the age group at the East versus West ultra race. Oh, nice. Because I've been, not too many people entered. Well, there was a lot of people that entered the 50 K um, but I was the only one over 70 in the 50k group, so I won. Yay! And, uh, Billy Barnett did the 10k, little simple 10k, and he finished first overall in the 10k in front of Mike Wardian, who's pretty well known wow. as a runner. Yeah, that's that's awesome. They did some nonsense like uh, 32 or 31 minute uh, 10ks. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> now that'll be, I think you'd, you'd have fun at Ball State. I, I mean, as far as I know, Gary does a good job on that. And it is kind of, yeah, you're either crude or screwed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the logistics of that kind of, it's tough for me to wrap my head around of bringing everything with you, the sleeping stuff and on a change of clothes. Like, do you bring a change of clothes? Do you bring change? How many pairs of socks? Like two, probably two, I guess. I, it's, so that, that's kind of be the fun part of doing one of those where it's all brand new and you have no idea. Because now for the races like 100, I know what I need and I'm, you know, I'm not taking anything extra anymore. I know exactly what to do in terms of all that stuff. But that kind of race, I, I, I have no idea. So yeah, I, th I, think, I think you would enjoy the, uh, Candace's, uh, the Moab 240. I, <laughs> I spent a lot of time in Moab before anybody was in Moab. So that's a great area. It's a very interesting area. Yeah. All three of hers, the, the three of hers look just really great. I was kind of intrigued by the Bigfoot because it's going up through the Cascades again. And you go through part of the, the Mount St. Helens area. So it got blown to bits. Yeah. Um, and she said that's kind of like her staff's secret favorite to me so you know that I'm like, all right i maybe in a couple of years those are expensive too so it's you gotta, yeah. you gotta pick and choose yeah the tahoe one boy i don't know that's got that's got so much altitude well they all have a lot of altitude except for moab i don't think has that much yeah and it's they're 200 miles <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well yeah 
<laughs> well, I, I, we were talking beforehand. I don't know if, uh, since this won't come out right away, the show won't come out right away. Uh, Alex Lux and, uh, and um, Billy Barnett. Uh, what are they called? Hawaii Mountain Running, I think is what yeah. she's calling mm -hmm. it. She just uh, sent me a message about she's going to have a 100 miler and a 200 miler. And essentially, the 200 miler is all the way around the island. And the 100 miler, I think, is from maybe Hilo to Kona and stuff. Uh, she didn't, mm -hmm. There were some maps and stuff, but I didn't take the time to read them, which is kind of like uh, a friend of ours, Kendra Ignacio. She's been trying to run the whole perimeter of the island, you know, in little yeah. chunks and bits. And then I set up Sylvia, uh, Sylvia's lay, which would be anybody who's running can donate or can dedicate some miles to our friend Sylvia. And then Bob uh, Wiedemann just came out as part of Hilo Marathon, Big Island International Marathon. He now has a virtual 100 mile and 200 mile race that he's set up. Cool, I'll check those out. I'd be excited to hear what Alex is doing with that 100 and 200 miler. I I'd really like to run around this island at some point, kind of do the whole thing. So that's, that intrigues me. Well, that was kind of the start of uh, Ironman on Oahu, though, was the Dick Evans bike race mm. that I done, did years ago and stuff. And that was the, the bike race that went all around the island. And yeah. the, other, the other two races, there was the Honolulu Century, which didn't go all around the island. And there was, an, God, there was another one I did that was only a 100K bike ride and stuff. So maybe maybe someday we'll have an Iron Man here in Hawaii, <laughs> an ultra ultra Iron Man. <laughs> My theory is is that uh, I think probably the next race, Kauai Marathon still has not canceled. They uh, said that June fifteenth they would make a decision, and mm -hmm. I I can't really see them trying to put it on, but who knows. And yeah. then after that, uh, you know, I haven't talked to uh, uh, Keith yet about the Mana tens and stuff, but yeah, you know, those are kind of low key hash house kind of, you know, fun runs and stuff. But yeah, it's kind of like everyone show up and just go run it, and that's that. Not too many people, so yeah, we can we can see. But uh, and then, oh God, so that's September. Then October, they moved, uh, oh, they canceled, or they changed the date of Honu Triathlon from August, which I knew they weren't going to do that, to now it's November. Yeah. And in fact, it's the weekend before Ultraman. <laughs> and my theory has been that Ultraman, hopefully, Cheryl can um, get that race, can do that race, because it's very small, it's 35 people, yeah. their own crew. Uh, there are no aid stations. The only thing that needs to be adjusted is like the banquets and there's only a couple of those. And of course, accommodations along the way, they're only up at, uh, up at the camp is where their accommodations are. So we'll see, you know, hopefully we can get some of this back to uh, where we can participate. It, it is kind of odd though. And when you're out running, do you see anybody when you're running? Uh, in my neighborhood, there's uh, a couple people every now and again, I'll see. Just, yeah, just a couple. Walking dogs or? Yeah, people walk in, walking dogs and all that kind of stuff. But uh, for the runners, there's only a few. Every time I see one, I get all excited. I'm like, who the heck is that? Who's that? <laughs> you know? 
Well, that's yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, here we just we say hi. You know, we don't <laughs> avoid eye, eye contact. And I've only seen I've seen one person running with a mask. I've seen a couple of cyclists with masks, but other than that, I mean, a lot of us have buffs. You know, where we can just you know pull it up if if you know necessary. Yeah. I yeah, feel my, so my neighborhood's so um, just quiet that you know you can just go across this, the other side of the street if you need to if there's people so it's, no one's wearing masks walking around or nothing yeah yeah i mean it, it's it's kind of funny our our even in here in Waimea, things look normal most of the time there was uh when it started it was mostly less traffic you know and it was like less traffic because school was out yeah kind of stuff but you know again we're lucky you know i have my background here that's pretty much where i go, i try to go every day yeah know, up there i love it up there and then uh so you got uh you had that one race canceled and is there anything that you've actually signed up for for next year um for, well right now just that race this weekend 100k and then uh i think I, I i'm pretty sure i signed up for a honolulu marathon you know when they you know like the beginning of the year they do yeah uh, that 60 bucks or 80 bucks yeah whatever it is i always sign up just and i ended up doing it but I, I figure if i'm not gonna do it i'd rather wait i think it's like 50 bucks i'd rather waste that 50 bucks than try to sign up for 180 later on down the road kind of thing so yeah well i'm i'm i don't think that one's gonna happen to be honest i just we'll see yeah, we'll see. You know, and then um, next year I could try and talk you into doing this race. Wonder Run? Yeah. Well, he uh, Lewis actually rescheduled it for October. It was going to be the week before the usual Ironman date. And since Ironman has moved, I don't have the obligation of uh, staging the, the path race or anything. But I'm still did debating. They, did they with, move to the World Championships? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They uh, moved that to uh, Super Bowl weekend, uh, February 6th. Okay, kidding. I didn't know that. Yeah. Which I thought is interesting. Super Bowl, if there is a Super Bowl this year, uh, is on the Sunday, and Iron Man would be on the Saturday, so the 6th and 7th. Wow, what a weekend. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting if any of it actually happens, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I could see, you know, I'm sure you could see too. Everything was getting stacked up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, when when is the when are we gonna have? You know, people still need to qualify for Ironman. And yeah. uh, so, like, are you gonna do the path uh, that that in February, in February, end of January? The yeah, it'll. Well, we'll have to uh, if everything goes off. We'll be doing the path run the week before. Yeah. Iron Man, so it'll be like February 1st, I guess, or maybe uh, January 31st. And then if the Brewfest comes back in March, then we'll have the run for the hops, too. Uh -huh. okay. Everything's kind of up in the air. Um, I don't know if it's, it's public knowledge yet, but the new uh, executive director that we had, um, she, she's just, she just resigned. And, um, she, you know, with you know fine you know reasons and stuff with everything that's going on she's going to move back to her home and mainland on the mainland and stuff and uh you know take care take care of business there and uh tina has stepped up again to be the interim uh, executive director so 
I mean, we're, we're moving forward. Now, um, there really isn't anything that you can do school-wise. Were you guys into the remote schooling towards the end of the year there? Yeah, sort of. Um, the, what happened was the, the Department of Education came out and said, we're going to do distance learning, um, but you can't require the kids to do anything. Because the, because the whole equity and not every kid has access to technology. So it was just supposed to be for enrichment. And which is nice for elementary kids because they don't really know that difference. But the high school kids, they would, are we required to do this? And I would have to say no. And they're like, okay, see you later. Like, no, you know, no one really... The, they didn't really want to do much because it wasn't required. And then a lot of them, they said, well, it came out that, okay, now you can take the first three quarters and that'll be, you know, average it and that'll be your final grade. So a lot of the kids, you know, which is the majority of them because majority passed, um, they said, you know, that's fine with me, you know, I'll cash out. <laughs> so it was a challenging time, but it, there was just so much uncertainty and so much not going on. So any decision seemed strange at the time. And now some decisions look better than others, but it, like who knew what the heck was going on. So I was kind of trying to figure it out as we went along. And I think it was a, it worked out well because it wasn't, it seemed some of the schools like the private schools that were requiring kids to do something. It was a, it was a real big headache for the parents and the kids and the teachers too, to like get that all sorted mm -hmm. out when really we're just doing it for, you know, fourth quarter. Hey, sorry, I got to move my dog out of the way. Oh, no worries. Be right back. Dogs are welcome. <laughs> I was just, he's so loud and he'll just sit there and bother me the whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so, yeah, we, I, so I, me, I work for a charter school, but we're under the Department of Education. So I, I was working, but it was it was a little more mellow than like my wife. She works for Kamehameha, where she had she she had a lot of work to do, and she was she's a first grade teacher. She had Zoom meetings with first graders, and oh wow, she had to present you know a lot of work to the administration. So it, like for someone like her, it was, it was really hard. But for kind of Department of Education people, it was a little more mellow, which was a little nice because since we we're going through a global pandemic. Yeah. So is it confusing at your school to have Amy Young and Justin Young? <laughs> no, it's great because we sell it as a brother and sister. And <laughs> we, we just sprinkled, hopefully, I don't think any of them are going to listen to the Big Island, Big Island Ultra podcast and these high school kids, but we'll sprinkle in every once in a while uh, just hints of brother and sister, but then the kids will come and ask us, and we, we, we'll just say, no, nah, we don't really talk about family at school. And so we don't give them a straight answer. <laughs> so like half the kids, especially the freshmen and sophomores, they're convinced that we're brother and sister because we kind of look alike, you know, blonde hair and, and we both run and all this stuff. But then you know, the other kids are screaming out, they're not brother and sister. They're like, no, yes, they are. <laughs> That's good to keep them guessing. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's really fun. <laughs> Yeah, I can see how it's it's difficult with, you know, uh, in the whole school situation. I mean, again, I think uh, all parents and anybody who has uh, keikis are willing to certainly 
make sure that you guys are paid maybe five or six times what you're being paid right now after having the kids trying to school uh, homeschool their own kids. Yeah. And the other thing too, with trying to homeschool the kids all of a sudden that a kid going to school, you know, psychologically, not a kid's in school. So it's like school time that they're doing school work in school, everything that's like their whole mindsets change. And then to get them to try to have that mindset at home, a place where they're just normally used to playing, not doing like a lot of schoolwork, you know, like that's, you're asking the kid to like, just like totally revamp their thinking. And it, it was, it's hard as a parent. And the parents were like, I can't get my kid to do anything. And then the people, no, they're great in school. You're like, what? They're not doing anything here. But that's just because you're asking them to do something outside of their element all of a sudden. Yeah. I, you know, I never really thought about that, but yeah, when you're in, uh, and it's even an extends to how we recognize people sometimes. If I see somebody continually in a certain circumstance, whether it's they work at the post office, if I see them out of that environment, I sometimes have a hard time recognizing them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Emil, that's right. I, you work at the post office and stuff. <laughs> Have you had any other challenges, you know, because you guys live pretty much remote. Now, it was two years ago, wasn't it, where the lava just kind of swept through your neighborhood and you were out of your house, right? Yeah. Two years ago, I think it was April. I might get the days wrong. I think like the night of April 30th was the first earthquake that happened. And then... Um, there was a couple of days of just the ground shaking. It was like every five minutes, there was like a, a magnitude two earthquake here. So our house was just constantly shaking. And it, it was, we were having you know, a tough time sleeping at night because we we're getting woken up by like the shaking all the time, the windows rattling. Um, and that, that went on for a couple of days. And then now this is a Thursday afternoon. I came home. I can remember because I was watching the uh, NBA playoffs the Celtics were playing. My team were, were playing the 76ers. I was going to go to the um, UH Hilo Jazz Orchestra. They were doing a Beatles concert that night. And the, the other math teacher at my school, he directs that jazz orchestra. So I was really excited to go to that. And then the, um, the alarms, the, you know, the tsunami alarms went off in our neighborhood. And then it was kind of like, it's coming through, lava's coming through, it broke through down on Mohalla Street, which is a street down a little further. And then, so we had already kind of, we had a to-go bag ready anyway. And we, we packed up the two cars and we, my sister was living in Hilo at the time. So we just went to her apartment in Hilo, actually with another family too. So there was like eight of us in this little one bedroom apartment, you know, for like a few days, just trying to figure stuff out. Yeah. And you guys lost power at the house and everything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we were on the bad side of the Fisher line. So the way the wind blew, we were on, you know, where all the gases went. So we, for a while, you couldn't get to our house, like when it really started getting crazy. They blocked off, like, the whole area, so I couldn't get in. And then eventually they would let us in by appointment, and we would come in, try to get some other stuff out. But then there was one time, and this happened often, where they would come back because they knew who it was in and out. And they, they came to the house. They're like, we gotta, you got to get out now. There's been another, you know, lava breakthrough somewhere. So we, everyone's got to get out. Um, and then 
then finally it's it was like it, this was like three months that it went on and then finally it stopped and then in september i remember they they took the barricades down and we came back and it was it was everything was dead like all the vegetation everywhere was dead would look dead Every, you know it was all brown it was yeah. The house was covered in tephra, which is the small, really light volcanic rock that you step on it and it just becomes like dust. But that had been shooting out of Fisher 8, so the yard and the house was covered with that. Anything metal in the house rusted. We had to replace all the appliances. Anything metal, you know, had, was out, the, all the sink, the plumbing. Not the, not the pipes, but like the fixtures. Oh, the pipes are PVC though, yeah? Or copper. Oh, okay. So, you know, anything else, metal be replaced. I mean, gutted the house, painted it, cleaned it. It took two and a half months or so of getting it ready that we were able to finally be moved back in December 1st of that year. Wow. I mean, you got, yeah, you guys were right, right in the middle of it. Yeah. I, and I was able to see some wild stuff because they, they blocked off Leilani to people getting in, um, just residents. But since I was a resident, I had the pass so I could come in kind of, at first, kind of go in and out as I pleased. And I, we would go try to find, you know, where, where the lava was really coming out. And I saw some wild stuff. I'm just, you know, lava coming out of the ground and the heat of it. And you're, these lava lakes and lava rivers, oh, it was amazing. Yeah, some, really, of the, some of the photos, particularly of the rivers that were going across the roads that are like 20 feet high, the river's 20 feet high. Oh yeah, yeah, even more like 50, 60 feet. It's, That's it's amazing. Yeah, and it took out a third of this, it, and then just to see the rest of that, it took out like down in Capoho. So it traveled like seven miles down this lava river and took out the whole neighborhood of Capoho, made all this land off the coast, and some of it goes down like a thousand feet. Oh really? Yeah, wow. it's it's amazing. Just the the volume that came out of that. You know, so, so now I'm just kind of hoping that it, <laughs> it had its big episode and it's going to be quiet for a number of years now. Yeah, cross your fingers. Who, uh, I don't know. Well, and Madame Pele does what Madame Pele does. Right. You know, we, we have, it's like the saying about uh, during a race, you have no, the only thing you have control over is what you do. Right. But they, yeah, that was an amazing episode. And the air quality, do you have uh, anybody in your family have asthma or anything? No. Oh, you're lucky, yeah. That was wild, that whole, the air, when it was going on. I, I went to Kona a few times and like the VOG was just so intense. It was, it was wild. And it happened over here on this side a couple of times, but normally the winds would blow it, you know? Yeah. That's but when, if, we got the, if the wind changed, this side would get it worse. But I, yeah, going over to your side was it was brutal for a few months. Yeah, well, we were kind of okay up here in Waimea. wasn't too bad. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like telling people, even people that have moved here to the Big Island, maybe in the last four, four or five years, back when Haleamau Mau was going off, this this air was not clear. The sun did not set right into the ocean. Yeah. And we had this, the big, you know, uh, event, you know, and then it just stopped. Yeah. It's amazing how clear it is over there now. It's, I, you can see up the mountains, you can see you know, the sun going into the ocean. It's, it's, it's crazy, the difference. 
And we still get earthquakes, but they're our usual earthquakes and stuff. Yeah. I mean, have they, have you noticed that the kids, I mean, so the, uh, your kids are young enough, I think, that they probably thought it was a big adventure? Yeah. Yeah, they, they would, you know, there's like Pele's coming, you know, then we kind of like said, oh, Pele's coming. Then we were like, we got to go, you know, Pele's in our neighborhood. And they kind of saw pictures. Um, but it, yeah, it was, they were young enough where it was, they were just with us and we were just cruising, like the different, sleeping in different places. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't know. <laughs> but you guys got the house is all good now and everything. And yeah, everything's all good now. The yard's back, the, you know, all the vegetation's back. Did it, did it, did you have to replant or did it just come back on its own? A lot of it came back on its own and my, my wife is the planter. So she, she's done a really great job landscaping this whole place. So it looks great now. Well, I, I mean, that's, that's all part of, uh, as they say, returning to normal life after an event like that. So hopefully we'll get, we'll start getting some races, if not this year, but next year to return to normal life for, us people who claim that some of us claim to be runners. I don't know if I'm a runner. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> Slogger, you know, but it's, it's, it's great that you've had the experience of, you know, running uh, races that didn't go the way necessarily that, you know, you, you wanted them to go because that's going to, I think that'll help you in upcoming races because you'll be able to adapt. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those longer races, they're just so long that you have to if you're willing to if something doesn't go your way like just figure out a way to get through it you know do you use a what kind of a pack do you have a like a solomon pack or ultimate direction or anything like that yeah i use the solomon one i like that one okay yeah i have that one and i have a, a knockoff one a less expensive one that's actually more comfortable mm. and, I have some waist belts. I've been running in waist belts. Have you ever used waist belts? A while ago, not so much anymore. I'll just if I'll take a handheld on a you know on a run, or if I'm going like long, I'll put the pack on. What do you, what do you now? What what do you qualify as long? Uh, if I'm going like twenty-ish or something over that, you know that that would that would I'd break out the pack for that. You know. Unless there's like water stops on the way and I can kind of refill here or there. But. Now back east, you should have been able to use, uh, what do they call it? There's a straw, a filter straw that you can use when you're running where there's creeks and streams. In oh, there. yeah. I've seen that. I never used that, you know. Yeah, because yeah, I, you know, I was in Colorado for a lot of years and we used to have a, a filtration kit that we would use because we'd get water right out. There's water running right over here, so why not? Why yeah. not use it? And he, here in Hawaii, uh, you know, we're the water is mostly salty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so upcoming uh, this year, we, oh, we have the race this weekend. I still have to kind of figure out, you know, what I'm going to do as far as uh, trudging along the way. But it's a uh, hundred uh, k is one version and a 50k is the other version so we'll be starting i think she said like 4 or 5 p.m i think so i think 5 p.m friday at kta down there at the bottom yeah and then the uh 50kers will be starting up at uh the intersection there at uh, mauna Kea access road in mauna loa uh at midnight nine o'clock something like that 
Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, it's. I'm. I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be my third time running up saddle, and the second time I did it, I kind of forgot how hard it is. Oh, don't <laughs> say that. It, yeah, it's hard. It's 30 miles uphill, and like you're like, wow, this is this is tough. <laughs> and once you get to the top, it's 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 a lot better. But it's it's yeah, a hard. Ah. I, I kind of looked at it and I went, okay, it's like 28 miles to the road, the intersection there. And we have 10 hours to do it, uh, which turns out, I mean, it's like, that's a 21 minute mile, which I wish I was a fast walker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, you gotta, you gotta kind of move and it's, it's, it's long and uphill. At least, at least there's only one hill. <laughs> Right. No, but no, but then we got to take old saddle over there. Um, and you're gonna, we're going to go up that little hill too, I think. I thought we were going to stay strictly on Daniel in a way. I didn't think, I think we're, go, I think we're going the, what is it? Waikiki? Yeah. That way? Oh yeah. Cause I, you know, I had somebody, Oh, well, Shannon was asking cause she was signed up for the hundred, but yeah. she can't come over because of the, uh, uh, the quarantine that's yeah. just and stuff. And I kept, I looked on uh, the info and stuff and I couldn't find if we were going to go, which way we're going to go. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure we'd, we're going to take that turn. Oh, bummer. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know what that looks like. Yeah. <laughs> it's right up to right to where R one starts out. It's like, yeah. Hey, okay. Okay. Well, I guess, I guess I'll find out on Friday. All right. That'll be, that hill will be a lot of walking, I think. Oh yeah, well yeah, I'm I'm planning on uh, my my theory is is always start slow and and then taper. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. But yeah, I don't know. In fact, I don't know how many people she has signed up either. You know, I haven't asked her or anything, and I guess we'll see. And it'll probably pretty much just have to be us here on the Big Island. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know Bree signed up. Uh, Jacob's not doing it, huh? I think he was hurt, or he's, he's got like a sore foot-ish problem, something like oh, okay. Yeah, I, I saw, do you know if Sean's doing it? I didn't see his name. Oh, okay, okay. I'm just, I'm, wait, I don't, have, I don't think I have to worry about my age group. <laughs> <laughs> I, there was only like seven, six, seven people for the 100K, and then I think there was like 19 or 20 or something for the 50K. So there's a lot more people for the 50K. Yeah, I saw Edio's daughter's daughter signed up for it. So he's yeah. going to be out there helping her out and stuff. And uh, it should be fun. should be interesting. Full moon, you know, so it's great that we can have uh, a uh, nice, nice, hopefully nice quiet uh, time with just – uh us and the mana as they say out there do you do you uh i was gonna say i can't remember did you drink um where's my did you drink fireball at the finish of hurt i can't remember if you did or not oh that's right good i sure did <laughs> the drink the drink of champions i see you know there's it's been interesting have you have you signed up for any virtual stuff any of the virtual races at all uh, no, I haven't. I just, I, I just haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them will look interesting. Some of them, uh, like a friend of mine, Mike Rouse, he did, he creates his own virtual race. He ran 
uh, 50K for 31 days straight. Wow. And he's not a young spring chicken. He's like 60, Mike, I think is 67 now. Wow. And then there's that friend of uh, Alex's, Alyssa, who is, her husband was stationed over in Italy. And she's run a marathon a day for like yeah, I've seen, 60, I, 50, 60 days now. Yeah, 60. I think there was like 61 as of today or something. She's got the world record, which is you know, it's pretty amazing. I mean, to just keep going out and doing that. Yeah, yeah well, that's per- persistence to say the least. Yeah. If you were gonna, if you were gonna have uh, um, no worries about money, transportation, logistics, is there one ra- one or two races that I mean, Western states, something like that? Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, Western states is always that one where it's you know billed as like the Super Bowl of American ultra, um, and then you know UTMB is the the international one. So those two big ones, you know, the Hard Rock, all the famous ones. Um, I it, wouldn't you just want to give it a go at Barclays? Like, <laughs> oh hell no! I, I think I I feel like I could get one loop in. Just like one, I think I can. And if I th- if I could get one, and I would start two. So that's that's about where I feel like I could get to. So I, I would love to give that a try. I haven't figured out how to. Um, get my name in there yet you need to talk to john kelly you know john don't you no oh no he's a, kind of a friend of mine he used to be on um uh he was he was a triathlete for a little bit uh, oh i love him I just, jack oh. yeah yeah i know i know of him i just don't know maybe you can uh put us in touch together he, he's a super super nice guy he's he's uh they're living over in england now but yeah. yeah, he's the last guy to finish Barclays. Yeah, he just he just completed some. Um, you know, the, they have those English runs where you run up the peaks, and it's it's kind of like a gentleman's thing where you you got to have someone from that area run with you for it to counter. I I've heard like a bunch of podcasts, and it's really neat. Yeah, yeah, and now uh, you can in two weeks, you can virtually do comrades. Oh, because <laughs> I. I yeah, that's what I'd love to do too. That's that's amazing. I have a friend from high school, which I don't, I haven't really talked to her in a long time, but I, I noticed that she did that. And I was, wow, that's amazing that you, you know, you ran that. Um, also, though, the other one that I, the, it's called the TDG Tour de Jantz or something in Italy. That's that one's that one's a real beast. Vertical. You want vertical, huh? Yeah. Yeah get out in the mountains in the Alps. I, it's supposed to be tremendously hard, you know, but I, I forget the distance and all that, but it's. Yeah. Hard, hard rock is, is a real hard race too. And they canceled hard rock. They canceled Leadville too. Cause. Um, yeah. I tried to get in that one this year too. I, well, like, I like right. that one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You were the one other person that I knew. Shannon actually got into it. Shannon Flynn got into it, but. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to, all those big ones, I mean, who wouldn't want to do those? They're just, what a spectacle. I'd lo- If I was going to do one, if I had a choice to do one, it would probably be Western States because I've been on part of that trail, you know, because I did the Jed Smith uh, 50K uh-huh. in February. And 
it's just, it's fascinating, you know, the different parts of that race. And it's been, you know, certainly better publicized. Of course, I always forget, you know, we're ultra, well, we're runners and people who are talking about this. You mentioned this to nine out of 10 people and they look at you like you're crazy. It's like, <laughs> Western states, which Western state? Washington, California, Nevada. Yeah. <laughs> So with your experience of uh, working your way up to 100, is there something that maybe you, some advice that you can give to people who are maybe just starting out running and want to get into it and maybe have done a few marathons? Is there anything you'd want, you can say to them to kind of wrap things up? Oh, uh, well, I mean, there's two different people there that you would, like, first, if someone's just getting into running, you would just be like, just to try to get out a little every day, just the consistency of it that you got to build up. And it's, it's, it's not a, it's not like a year long process where you start running and then you run like a hundred miles or something. It's, it's, it's a years long process where if you're just patient and you build up, you get a little bit more into it, you get a little bit more into it. Next thing you know, you're running hundred milers. Um, but the second person that you kind of said was the marathoner. And, I, and if they were just a strict marathoner, I would say, come over to the ultra scene because marathons are really, really hard. Ultra races are much easier. <laughs> well, I think I think that'll be a good uh, good point to finish on. Then uh, you have it straight from Justin Young that marathons are really really hard, but ultras are easy. <laughs> Not easy, easier. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Oh, thanks, Justin. Hey, thanks for this so much. I I like what you're doing with this podcast, especially being Big Island, and uh, I love seeing you out there on the races. And you know, when I think about like running in terms of like what I want to like my life to, you know, kind of turn out, like I, I want to still be doing this when I'm older and to see you out there, you know, as an older guy running and participating, it's, it's inspirational to me. So I just want to let you know that. Oh, thank you so much. You're too kind. So I'll say aloha. Oh, we aloha. can do, we can do, we can, we did, uh, we can do a fist bump. Virtual. Virtual fist bump. There we go. Thanks to Justin uh, Young today to be able to talk story with him about things like the Vermont 100 uh, school, um, being a teacher at a school, uh, and certainly uh, I think it was interesting the uh, time we had to talk about uh, volcanic activity right in his neighborhood, right literally next to his house. So I'm glad uh, that has that situation has gotten better. And um, yeah, we, we're trying to stick with uh, running news and stuff. There's a lot of other news that's happening uh, nowadays, certainly. And our hearts go out to any kind of uh, person who is wrongly uh, treated by anybody. And certainly uh, there are no excuses for some of the things that have happened recently. So again, everybody stay safe, hopefully and uh, stay active. I always say stay active and stay responsible. But you can uh, subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. You can uh, check us out on iTunes. It helps us if you leave a review. You can also find us on Stitcher. And you can always email me at joe at hawaiiultra.com. And you can usually find our page on Instagram too. If you just search for Big Island Hawaii Ultra or, or Hawaii Ultra, you'll find us. So again, hope everybody is having a good week, maintaining their health, and keeping everything aloha. <laughs>